Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message from our senior leader, Viv Liebersight, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Last Sunday, I had the privilege of uh, being at Saxon. Who was here for the all in? Okay, just a few. All right. Okay, I could have preached the same message, but I won't. Um, I actually shared a message called Jesus. And today... I felt strongly to share Jesus, part two. Surprise, surprise. Jesus, part two is what we're going to be looking at. And um, why? Because there's no other name that is what? More higher, more greater, more lovely, more wonderful, more saving, more healing, more freeing, and more powerful. We sung about Him today. We sung to Him. Worthy are you. He is our firm foundation. There is no other like Him. And as followers of Jesus, we follow Him. And I just think it's really important that we actually know who we're following and have a real deep revelation of who He is. And His name is Jesus. And I wanna start by this incredible Psalm, Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it, the world and those who dwell in it. For He has founded upon the seas and established it upon the streams and the rivers. Who may ascend unto the mountain of the Lord and who may stand in His holy place? He who has clean hearts, and a pure heart, clean, clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to what is false, nor has sworn oaths deceitfully. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation, this generation, you're in it, of those who diligently seek him and require him as their greatest need. Really underline that. Their greatest need, who seek your face, even as did Jacob. I just really believe that we're in the time that we need to diligently seek Him because He is our, He, we, we have a greater need. Our greatest need is Him and a greater revelation. It goes on, lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up ancient doors. It's talking about your old thinking, your old way of living. Lift it up, let it be done, that the King of glory may come in. This morning, the King of glory wants to come in and live within you. He wants to lead your life. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Get a little bit excited. Lift up your heads, O gates, and he and lift them up, ancient doors again, that the King of glory may come in. Does the King of glory live in your life? Is He right front and centre? Goes on, who is He then, this King of glory? Well, He's the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory who rules over all creation with His heavenly armies. His name is Jesus. Let me just pray for us. Let's just pause. Oh, Jesus, we thank You that You are the King of glory. And we just, God, welcome You in. Yeah, we just like put aside our own thinking about who You are. Lord, our old mindsets, maybe revelations that just aren't quite correct. And I just pray, Jesus, that you would speak clearly this morning through this word. God, you would reveal yourself in a fresh and beautiful, precious way to each and every one present within the sound of my voice, from the back to the front, from the left to the right, none left out. I just want to say that each and every one of you are seen by him. He knows you. 
He knows you. He knows what you're encountering. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're facing. And nothing is too hard for him. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. As I mentioned last week, we are living in quite chaotic times um, and a lot of darkness. And we do need him. We do need him. Right front and centre. He does need to be the biggest thought in our mind. Every morning I wake up, Jesus, Jesus. Before I go on to anything else, I like to just speak out his name. I like it just even to whisper out his name. You know, it doesn't always work. Brent's still asleep, you know, and he doesn't need me calling out, or maybe he does. Maybe I don't need to shout it out. He goes, what? <laughs> and it's not coming back yet. He needs to be the biggest thought. We need to be immersed in who he is, his character, who he is, what he does, his words. Last week I talked, I went through a lot of his names. Can anyone remember some of the names I called out? Just yell, yell them out. Father, yeah. <laughs> Close. Okay, I'll land it on this. The lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon. I don't know if you've heard Jesus being called those. I mean, yeah, He is Emmanuel. He is the Word. He is the Shepherd. He is the Healer. He's the resurrection and the life, right? He is the Prince of Peace. He is the light and hope of the world. He's the Lamb of God. And the Word of God speaks of all these names. These are, these are all the names of Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. I talked about that last week. Through the storm, He's always there to bring support in your world, no matter what you're facing. But what really um, struck me was the Song of Solomon 2.1. It says, I, Jesus says, I am the Rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. And the lily of the valley is a standout lily. And the Rose of Sharon, the meaning of it is a humble meadow flower resembling a tulip with sweet fragrance. I love those two meanings. Standout and humble. This is our Jesus. And uh, so anyway, I started reading Song of Solomon. Anyone read Song of Solomon lately? Wow, Dave, have you? So back in the day when we were kids in church, we would read Song of Solomon and we would giggle at it because, you know, what the heck is this all about? It's quite out there. I mean, it's a romantic book. It's quite edgy in some bits if you've read it. It's like, what is this doing? I remember as kids we would giggle and then we would look up the ceiling and, and count the dots in the ceiling. That was funny. That was our growing up. And then we would laugh at other things. And if I was, when I went hanging out with Brent, he would make me giggle terribly and it was not good at all. So um, anyway, that was back then. Now we're here and we're a little bit grown up. We don't giggle at so much things, so much the same things, but we do giggle a lot. Anyway, the Song of Solomon stresses the theme of love and devotion between a husband and wife committed to one another while, or whilst, whatever, also echoing the loving relationship between God and His people Israel and between Christ and His bride, the church, which is you and I. So actually, it's an incredible picture of us and Jesus, our King, our Saviour. And um, in song, song, I found myself reading Song of Solomon 5, which is an amazing description of him, which is just, it's not merely about appearance here, although you would might think it was, but it's not. It's about his amazing character, his attributes, his strength, his authority, his love towards us. Are you ready to dive into Song of Solomon? 
just in case anyone just like go, oh, too much for me. We never read that. Song of Solomon chapter 5, 10 to 16. Let's have a little look and we'll unpack it a little bit because there's a lot in this. My beloved, we're talking about Jesus, is radiant and ruddy, outstanding among 10,000. His head is pure as gold, his hair is wavy and black as a raven. His eyes are like doves by the water streams, washed in milk, mounted like jewels. This is our Jesus. His cheeks are like beds of spice, yielding perfume. His lips are like lilies dripping with myrrh. His arms are rods of gold set with topaz. His body is like polished ivory decorated with lapis lazuli. His legs are pillars of marble set on bases of pure gold. His appearance is like Lebanon, choice as it cedars. Cedars, cedars. His mouth is sweetness itself. He is altogether lovely which is probably what we know commonly about Jesus. And we haven't read the rest of it. But he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved. This is my friend. The whole description of Jesus can be summed up in the, in the terms in the opening description and the closing description. He's a fairest among 10,000 and he is altogether lovely. Seeing the scripture in the terms of the Lord Jesus, it depicts his perfections and what he is to us, both, both beloved because he loves us and we love him and he is our friend because he is both our companion and our helper. I love this. In John 15, 14, it says, you are my friends if you do what I, which I command you. To us too, he is the fairest. He is the fairest among 10,000. He is beautiful. He is wonderful. You know, the overall descriptions in this, in this Scripture remind us that He is both earthly nature and of heavenly nature. We may see it as reminding us that He is both man and God. So therefore, how foolish we are then if we keep Him at a distance today. My message is, Get close to Jesus, my friends. Start just connecting with Him on a whole nother level. It goes, there's a description contains within them ancient ideas of beauty and splendour. So if we want to go into a bit of detail, it mentioned in the first verse, He is white and ruddy. And this is an indication of, of His matchless purity and His precious redeeming blood as in First Peter 1. The goldness here may be seen as reminding us that he is king with all the riches of heaven at his disposal. Amazing. The blackness of his locks points to his permanent youthfulness as the giver of life. There is no aging with him. He is the same yesterday and forever. From everlasting to everlasting, he is God. In Psalm 90 verse two, his dove's eyes demonstrate that he is the prince of peace and of gentleness in Isaiah 9, 6 that they are fitly set indicates his ultimate perfection, that his face and lips emit the perfumes and scents of nature, indicates that his face is ever towards us for good, always for good. I don't know if you, if you think that he is bad. He is not bad and he is not mad. He is not bad and he is not mad with you. He loves you. His words will be sweet in our ears, even when sometimes they are necessarily tender words of rebuke. He is still a God of sweetness and tenderness. 
The descriptions of his hands, body and legs in terms of the finest materials and jewels bring out his infinite glory and beauty. Lebanon was seen as pointing to all that was most splendid about nature with its towering cedars and its fragrant trees and plants. The sweetness of his mouth reminds us of the gentleness of his words and the beneficial effects of his teaching. Altogether lovely sums up the whole of Jesus. How wonderful then it is to be able to say, this is my beloved and this is my friend to everybody we meet. I don't know where you stand with Jesus today. But he's actually all you need. He really is. And he does need to be right front and centre in our lives. And he is glorious. I don't know what the picture is that you have of him. But that is a picture of our Jesus. He is magnificent. He is the magnificent King. He is amazing. He is strong. He is mighty. There is nothing too hard for Him. There is no other person who will love and accept me as I am, that's for sure, and the same with you. No other person who will accept you as you are. You don't have to perform well. You don't have to say everything right. You don't have to pray right. You don't have to look right. You don't have to dress right. You don't have to do anything perfect for Him to love and accept you as His own. If you've, been, if you've grown up in a world of like, you've got to be perfect. You've never felt good enough. Well, the good news is that Jesus is the good news and you don't have to be perfect. That's a relief. That's so good. When you always feel like you're having to um, get approval all the time, or meet certain standards and this and that. Man, it's cool that Jesus, He actually loves us as we are. I don't know if you feel a bit happy about that. Jesus will never, ever abuse you. He'll never abandon you. He'll never reject you. He'll never go back on His Word. He'll never speak badly of you. But He loves you enough to speak goodness and destiny over your life and he loves you enough to say come this way and not that way if you would just have the ears to listen so in these days that we're living in we need to have the ears to listen to Jesus amazing you know the Bible um, which is incredible I've got my Bible here today but it's um, do you know that's the world's still the world's bestseller just, I'm just doing this course at the moment on the Bible. It's a good course. It's called the Bible Course. And um, great name for a course, eh? The Bible Course. And learning a lot about the Bible, some things, you know, just a refresher, really good, some things are new. And it's stated clearly, fact, that the Bible is still the world's bestseller. That should be a bit of a hello. Let's get our hands on it then. That's amazing, right? Even with all the technical stuff, you know, a lot of us read our Bibles on our phones, we have apps and all the rest of it. But the Bible, the actual hardcover book, is still the world's bestseller. Where is it? Here it is. I don't know if you have one, but if you haven't, come and see us and we will get one into your hands. Actually, I've got one sitting on my desk that's never been opened. So if you need a Bible... It's the New International Version. If you need a new Bible or you've never had a Bible, come and see me and it's yours. 
So this is my one. It's like, I talked about it last week. Brent gave it to me back in the 90s. It's got his name written in it, and he superglued the book back into the cover for me last weekend. It's like, I was done with it falling out. It really worked. Superglue is great, right? Look at that. Woo! It's not falling out. The Bible, the Word of God, is life to us. And this is where, not only that Scripture Song of Solomon, but if you want to know about Jesus a little bit more, because that's like, that's beautiful. And that might, oh, you might, oh my gosh, that Song of Solomon, that's out there. Okay, let's get down to really Jesus. So you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, starts in the New Testament. It's about how many books in? Uh, how many books in the Old Testament? Sophie, I've just forgotten. 30, 39. So it's after the 39th book is Matthew. So Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And there you read Jesus. And that's where you find out like, oh my goodness, what He can do for you. And last week I shared out of Mark because I was like doing a little journey through there. And there's an incredible story I wanna just focus on if we could for a few minutes. And um, it's a story I, I passed over, but it's found in Mark 5, 25 to 34. And I want us to just have a focus on this for a minute. Let me read it to you. A woman in the crowd had suffered. So Jesus was travelling, right? Travelling. And there were people all pressed around him. This is it really at the beginning of his ministry, quite close, quite soon after he'd been baptised. So he was, he was in this crowd and they were just pushing right. Everyone was really close to him. So a woman in the crowd had suffered from a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much suffering at the hands of many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but instead had become worse. She had heard reports about Jesus. She had heard reports about Jesus. She didn't know Jesus. She'd heard reports. I love that. She came up behind him in the crowd. So she shouldn't even have been there. Just so you know the history, she was looked as an unclean woman. She would not, she should not have been in the cloud because she was bleeding. So that was the rules back in the day. Pretty tough. So she wouldn't, shouldn't have been there, but somehow she had heard reports. I love the desperation of this woman. I love it. How desperate are we for a touch from Jesus? I want to know. How desperate am I? She broke the rule. She broke the law. She came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his outer robe, the hem of his garment. For she thought, if I just touch his clothing, I will get well. Immediately her flow of blood was dried up and she felt in her body and knew without any doubt that she was healed of her suffering. That's the Word of God. I'm just reading it as it is. She was healed of her suffering. Immediately, Jesus, recognising in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You've got to realise that everybody was touching but he knew something had happened. He knew faith had happened. He knew that someone had risked and they had reached out to touch the hem of his garment. Oh man, just one touch of the hem of his garment is all we need. And worship today, I don't know if you touched his hem, I don't know if you're reaching out for it, but in worship, we reach out. We touch the hem. I often find myself just one touch of the hem of your garment, Jesus. Just one touch is all I need. His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in around you. I love the disciples. They're so like us, aren't they? Human. From all sides. And you ask, who touched me? Still, he kept looking around to see the woman who had done it. And the woman 
Though she was afraid and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And then he said to her, daughter, I love that. Daughter, daughter, your faith, your personal trust and confidence in me has has restored you to health. Go in peace and be permanently healed from your suffering. Go in peace and be permanently healed from your suffering. I just want to say, when Jesus heals and He sets us free, He does the complete job, if we allow Him to. And this morning, I really believe that Jesus, the King of glory, wants to do do some once and for all healings. Can you hear me today? Are you listening? I really believe that. I believe that this story is for this day, is for you. He wants to do a once and for all. Physical and also emotional. You see, she was healed from a physical ailment. But I actually believe she was healed completely, body, soul and spirit at that moment when she reached out and she risked everything. I don't know what the, um, the, uh, the penalty that they would have. Stoning, yeah? I was thinking of stoning. Harsh. So she risked being stoned to reach out to the hem of Jesus' garment. What would we risk to reach the hem of his garment? What would we put aside? What would we push through in our lives? Hard times, difficulties, criticisms. What would we bother to push through to touch the hem of disappointments? What would we bother? What would you and I bother? Do we just get so like, ah, what's the point? It's never going to happen or whatever, whatever. Oh, there it is again. There it is again. There it is again. Come on, my friends. One touch of the hem of his garment. This morning, are you ready? Are you ready for a once and for all? I'm going to be bold in this and say, are you ready? Are you ready for a once and for all? Why not? The Word of God preaches it. You see, when you read a story like that, you look at the context, and I've given you a little bit of it, but there's more. But then you go, okay, God, what are you speaking to me about? What are you saying to me through this story? And what it really resoundingly said to me was that Jesus is so capable to heal us and set us free from the issues that we have accepted or got used to in our lives. The things that we've lived with for years and we think, oh, it's okay, I'll be all right, or I'm just, this is just who I am. This is, this is my life, this is my lot, da-da-da-da-da, we go on. Come on, this story is here to tell you that you don't need to put up with the things that you have got used to in your life. I don't know what they are. But here's some of the things that I wrote down that I really felt God was speaking to me about. Like rejection. You've got used to just being rejected wherever you are. You go into a crowd, you go into a room and yet people look the other way. And you've got used to that. And it's come from when you were young, come from when you were a child. 
Abandonment is another one. You always get abandoned, you feel abandoned, and you live under that. The effects of abuse, I'm not going to minimise abuse, I know what it feels like. But I'm letting you know that you don't have to be, you get used to it or get, keep yourself in that situation. Jesus can set you free from that. Depression, any addictions that you've just got used to, oh yeah, that's, that's part of my life now. I'll never get over that. My father had it, my mother had it, my grandparents had it, whatever, you know, goes right back. No, 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 come on. Jesus is here to, to do a once and for all. Do you believe me? Other stuff like sickness, actual like sickness. There may be some generational sicknesses that have been passed down through your line. And you see, oh, that's all right. That's what, that's, yeah, okay, cool. That's normal. I was at a, a funeral recently and a relative said, oh, you know that um, it was a, someone died of this, this and this. And, um, and so the other relative died of that and that as well. So that means actually we'll probably all die of it too. So I'm going, uh, no, thank you very much. So that is not, that is not my lot. One touch of the hem of his garment. I'm set free from that generational curse in Jesus' name. One touch of the hem of his garment. That is not going to be my lot in Jesus' name. No way. So sickness. Negative mindsets, things you know, you always find yourself, your default is to think negatively about stuff or people. You know, your negative mindset is to gossip or to, to rage, get angry. Is it, is it a default? Oh yeah, that's, all, that's what I'm like. Because you know, I've been brought up under, under angry regime, regime, so therefore I'm angry. So you find yourself at the, at the lights and uh, someone does something extraordinarily unusual shall we say, special, special driving. And, um, and you just feel it come up within you. And you just, you rage. And you give ex- extraordinary, unusual hand things, figurations. I don't know what they are, I don't know. Not that, and it's not the thumbs up. What's your default? Criticism, judgment, pointing the finger, reactions to things that happen in your life. What have you got used to going, that's just me. That's just me and that's who I am and that's my lot. Depression. (sighs) Come on. Reactions. Fear and anxiety. Worry. Dread that the worst possible case scenario will happen. Worry about what others will think of you. Worry about, when are we going to get over that? You know? When are we going to not worry about what people think anymore? Actually, it's the issue. It's the issue that we live under. We compare ourselves to other people. We worry about what people will think. Oh, if I say this or if I do that, what will they think? And Jesus is going, just worry about what I think. Let's just worry about what the King of Kings thinks about us and how he wants to live. The woman was desperate and she just knew that one touch of his garment was enough to heal her. How about you? How about you? How desperate are you this morning for a touch of the hem of his garment to do a once and for all? Team, could you come and join me? Because I'm going to land it here. Because I just know that God wants to do some business for us here today. How desperate are you? I don't know what you've got used to living with in your life. 
I don't know what default reactions, responses that you have to things that go on, but you don't need to have them any longer. You don't need to live under generational curses, things that have been passed on. You look back at your family and go, oh yeah, yeah, I've got that, I've done that, divorce, whatever, all sorts of things, sicknesses. One touch of the hem of his garment is all you need, my friends. Will you stand with me in this place? Thank you, Jesus. We're just gonna create a moment. A create a moment here. Because Jesus is here. He's in the crowd. Thank you, Jesus. He's so good. He's a gentleman, you know. He knew that she was in the crowd, even though he... He asked for her to come forward, but He knew. He knows you. He's not going to point you out. Oh man, but He just so desperately wants to see you free. If any of the things that I've talked about, you know they're in your life. And there might be other things as well that you know I've dealt with this. I've lived like this all my life. Maybe it's under a cloud of poverty. You've just seen it and you've just accepted, this is my lot. This is who I am. And Jesus is saying, come on, I have more for you than you could ever dream or pray. Ephesians 3.20, all over your life. Today we're gonna sing, you're worthy, you're worthy. Worthy of our praise. We're going to create a beautiful moment of worship because one touch of the hem of His garment, there's a worship moment. She pushed through the crowd. She extended her faith. She was desperate. How desperate are you to live differently? How desperate are you to not live? with the issues that you know you have faced all your life, or maybe for several years. Hers was 12. It's a long time. It's a heck of a long time to have that ailment. I don't know what ails you. I don't know what makes you poorly. I don't know what makes you think bad thoughts, negative thoughts, life-threatening thoughts about your life. But today, Those thoughts can be broken off your life in Jesus' Name. But you know what? It's up to you to reach, to push through the crowd and to reach out. Because I know that God wants to touch you today. He can touch you where you are, but I just know that this is gonna be an altar of change. And I'm gonna invite you to come and join me up the front here in this worship moment. And we're gonna have a touching of the hem moment in this place where Jesus... We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.